0: This podcast is brought to you by FanshareSports.com, a website that compiles and curates the weekly recommendations of daily fantasy industry experts for you to gauge which players will be the most popular and which players are going overlooked. Head on over to FanshareSports.com and check it out. Welcome in everybody. It is week eleven. You are listening to the Ride in NFL DFS podcast. I am Pat James. We're here to talk some week eleven cash game plays. Maybe a couple of GPP pivots. Um, Glorious day for me. It is noon on Thursday, November fifteenth. First things first. It is my labradoodle Bruce's birthday. So headed home right now to you know give him some treats and take him for a run, potentially in the snow. Speaking of snow, it is noon, if you heard me, noon, school is out for inclement weather, just a glorious day, it's supposed to snow through the night, could have tomorrow off. One of the perks of being an educator, the snow day. Uh, Potentially, could be bad for my DFS bankroll because I'll probably just be playing around in the DraftKings and FanDuel lobby all day tomorrow if I am off. But that's neither here nor there. Let's recap Week 10. I did move to 7-3 and three on the year with a W in cash games. Made more money than I wagered. That's how we decide if it's a W or an L. Uh, made two lineups this week. One didn't do so well. It had Deion Lewis. It had uh, Kareem Hunt. And somebody somebody else that kind of flopped. Uh, maybe Jack Doyle. The other lineup had... Oh, and Valdez Scantling it had as well. So that was definitely not the best lineup. It, it cashed in about 40% of head-to-heads. Uh, my other lineup went for about 82 83%, and that had Corey Davis, Alvin Kamara. Uh, basically, it was like a 3v3 lineup, 4v4 lineup, and I just had all the right plays in that lineup. Uh, ended up being a winning week. Not a huge winning week, obviously, because one lineup didn't do so well, but that lineup did well enough that it didn't really negate all the winnings of the lineup that uh, smashed. And I just couldn't settle on one lineup. There was a bunch of players that I wanted to get in. uh, Liked a lot of receivers in that 4 to 5K range, 4 to 6K range. So I made two lineups. I usually make one, but this year the pricing's been so tight I have been hedging a bit. Uh, I think it, this, this is three weeks now out of ten that I've made two lineups, um, and it's just a feel thing for me. If I don't love um, a lot of players, then I'll probably make one lineup, because I, I'm pretty set in stone on my, on my one lineup. But if I do have a lot of guys projected similarly, then I will uh, make two lineups. Anyway, let's get into week 11. I think there. I mean, I see Cam popping in a lot of models. I'm probably going to shy away from Cam just based on the fact that, number one, the Lions and the Panthers play very slow, both teams. So I'm thinking like maybe 50 plays each for both offenses is not out of the realm of possibilities, and you never want that. You want lots of plays from your offense. Um, and then you have Christian McCaffrey. You have Alex Amra. You have... Curtis Samuel getting uh, end-arounds. You have DJ Moore getting end-arounds, reverses. All kinds of crazy stuff that they're doing in Carolina. Um, And so we've seen some floor games out of Cam. And that's, I mean, his floor is pretty high, 15, 16, 17 points. Um, But with the Lions being a very, uh, very much a run funnel, especially if Darius Slay is back. I think McCaffrey makes a much more better play than Cam, and I don't know that this game is going to be a shootout. So I think shying away from Cam is probably going to be where I'm at uh, on the Panthers quarterback this week. I do really like Carson Wentz this week, and for that exact same reason. The Eagles have a non-existent running game. When they get into the red zone, they are tasking Carson Wentz with throwing the football into the box for the score. Um, He has multiple touchdowns in every week except his first week back, over 20 fantasy points in every week aside from that first week back. The Saints are going to put points on the Eagles, beat up secondary, no doubt. Um, he's going to need to throw a lot. He's, uh, he's averaging over 300 yards and two touchdowns each week this season, which includes that first game that was kind of a dud against the Colts. So I think he's a really safe bet if you're paying up at quarterback. Um, I think Drew Brees, I'm going to reserve for GPPs, um, only because Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara scare me, uh. On any given week, they could scoop up all, all four or five touchdowns that the Saints score. So I think Carson Wentz is definitely the pay-up option of, cho- of my choice. And then if we're paying down, I really like Dak. Um, he's scored on the ground in, the last, in three of the last four games. And Amari Cooper has just done wonders for him the last two weeks. Uh, a number one receiver, finally, that he can look to. Uh, in critical situations in the red zone, f- on third down, et cetera. Uh, and the Falcons are just not very good right now on, on defense. So I think both he and Zeke are, are pretty good plays this week. If we're paying down, I really like Dak. And I'm going to leave it at that. Those are I'm not going to give you a ton of options this week. I think, I think you're either going Dak or, or Wentz. And I don't know. I think Dak's going to be popular, but I don't think that there's going to be a ton of ownership on Wentz which means he could be clutch for cash games. Um, I don't normally take ownership into account, obviously. But if there is a player that I think is going to be low on that I love and I think is safe and I just don't know why everybody else isn't on him, then I'll definitely roster him in cash based on the fact that if he does hit like you think, um, that's a lot of leverage in a cash game tournament. Or, excuse me, in a cash game uh contest. At running back, <clears throat> ton of guys up top again, all clustered. Um, Barkley, Elliott, Gordon, Connor, DJ, McCaffrey, Kamara. Just crazy. Uh, a lot of good options up there at the top. I think this week I really like Saquon Barkley. He is... Has a command of all the touches in the Giants' backfield. He's getting the targets, obviously. We know about the targets. We know he's getting 92% of the backfield touches uh, total over the last four weeks. The Buccaneers' defense is not good. Fitzpatrick turns the ball over a ton, so they might. the Giants even might have uh, some extra possessions or even a, a large lead in the second half because it looks like they're turning the corner and the Bucs are going in the opposite direction. So I think Barkley's a great play this week at 8,700. Uh, I'm probably going, not going to be able to get up to Barkley and Gordon, so I just think that the fact that I like Barkley more than Melvin Gordon this week is going to keep me off of Gordon, but I wouldn't fault anybody for deciding to go Gordon over Barkley. Uh, Zeke Elliott, also another great play. We all know the Falcons give up tons of receptions to the uh, running back position. Zeke has six targets in the last three games on average, so he is definitely uh, becoming a huge part of the Cowboys passing attack, and he has been all year, but these last three weeks it's been very steady. Um, The Cowboys probably are going to have to throw a bunch, and that could mean more targets for Zeke, and they are bottom three or four in the league in fantasy points allowed. To running back. So I think Zeke's pretty much a no-brainer this week, too. like him a lot. Um, all these guys at the top, they're minor holes that you can poke in their game. And that's what we have to do to decipher between which ones we want to play. But I would never um, talk you out of any of these top guys uh, if you have strong conviction towards one or the other. But I'm just telling you who I like. And Barkley and Elliott are definitely my favorites at the top. And then a little bit cheaper than that, David Johnson will be in my lineup, you can guarantee that. Uh, The Raiders' run defense is pretty putrid. They're giving up the 6th or 7th most fantasy points uh, per game to running backs. David Johnson is now averaging about 24 touches a game with Byron Lefwich as his offensive coordinator. He's getting the carries, he's getting the catches. And this game sets up for a grinded-out DJ game down the stretch. I think the Cardinals' defense is going to shut down Derek Carr, deer and Headlights. And Johnson should have uh, an uptick in carries down the stretch as they try to uh, put the Raiders away. As far as Connor and McCaffrey, um, I think Connor suffers from the same fate as Cam Newton. It's very hard to pinpoint who in that offense is going to score. Uh, I think if you do play Cam, you play McCaffrey with him. If you do play McCaffrey, you play Cam with him just so that you can kind of uh, expose yourself to all four or five touchdowns if you think they're going to have a big day. But playing one or the other is pretty risky because from on any given week, we can see uh, some touchdown variance rear its ugly head. In one direction or the other, um, I don't mind McCaffrey. The, the Lions are pretty poor against the run, despite the signing of Snacks Harrison. He hasn't done a ton to alleviate their issues. So, if you need to save the five or seven hundred dollars down from Elliott or uh, Barkley, if you like have a perfect lineup around one running back spot left to go, and all you have left is eight eight grand or eighty one hundred or eighty two hundred then I wouldn't um, struggle too much trying to get up to Elliott because McCaffrey does have a pretty high floor as well. <clears throat> Struggling here with the something in my throat. I apologize for clearing my throat every two seconds. But I do not have a drink in the car. Uh, we'll keep that in mind for future podcasts. wide receiver, since I am apt to... Oh, wait a minute. Ooh, I almost skipped the value running backs. So there's three guys in the 4K range at running back that I think are viable for cash this week. Mark Ingram, um, obviously I don't think he's going to have a smash week like he did against the Redskins four weeks ago or like he did last week against the Bengals. Those weeks are going to come when the Saints are blowing a team out and he just has extended carries. However, I do think that 4700 is still too cheap for a running back who's going to see 15 to. 17, maybe 18 touches uh, against the Eagles. And it's not like he's their main, like, first and second down back and then he doesn't get any targets. He gets targets out of the backfield just like Kamara. In fact, he took a screen pass to the house last week um, against the Bengals. So I think he's a fine play at 4,700, just way too cheap. He should probably be about 5K, uh, 5.5K, maybe even 6K. And then Deion Lewis, I think we could go back to the Deion Lewis. Well, he had the, the requisite amount of touches last week. He doubled up Henry in touches, despite the fact that Henry got the uh, scored the touchdown, so it made it look a little bit less appealing. But he, I think the Colts-Titans game is going to be a, sne- a sneaky shootout. So I think Lewis is definitely in play, especially if he's going to keep getting 20, 25 touches a week. And then Theo Riddick, um, the lines are pretty banged up on offense. They obviously just sent Golden Tate to Philadelphia. Marvin Jones might not play. Kieran Johnson's nicked up. It looks like he's going to play. But I think we could see a lot of uh, Theo Riddick in the slot. Theo Riddick on um, passing downs, obviously, is where he does his most of his work. But I think we could see him lined up as a wide receiver a little bit this week, uh, especially if Marvin Jones doesn't play at 4K in a, on a PPR site like DraftKings. Theo Riddick has a floor, a pretty safe floor, 8, 10, 12 points. And if he gets in in the end zone, then it's all gravy from there. So those are the running backs that I'm looking at. At wide receiver, um, I'm not going to pay up for wide receiver this week again. I I normally never do. Um, I just think Michael Thomas at 8,800, I would much rather play Saquon Barkley or Ezekiel Elliott. I know Thomas uh, has crushed it six out of the ten games that they've played so far. But the fact of the matter is wide receivers are just much more highly variant from week to week. We've seen it with Thomas. Um, he, he's, he's had 10 targets and then only scored 10 fantasy points because they're volatile. You know, If Breeze is off target or um, he doesn't haul in a difficult 30-yard uh, air yard target, then he doesn't get those points. All the touches that Barkley, Elliott are going to get are going to be around the line of scrimmage. If it's a pass, it's usually a check down or some type of angle route or quick out, high catch rate. They're going to get points from their targets. They're going to get more fantasy points per touch than a wide receiver. But if you do pay up, I like uh, Michael Thomas the best. Also, I think Keenan Allen is underpriced at 6700 on DraftKings. He definitely should be in the 7K range, especially for his usage. He does see uh, Chris Harris this week in the slot. But I think they'll be able to move him around the formation a little bit to avoid Harris. Uh, He might see see him on like half of his snaps. But that matchup is one that Keenan Allen can definitely beat. But then from there, I think, is where we get, if we're paying up for two running backs, that's when we get into the receivers that we're going to target. And I think there's a couple in the 5K range. Um, Corey Davis still too cheap I'm not sure what happened with DraftKings this week Uh, They did price Davis Up about a grand But for the most part Last week doesn't seem to have impacted Their salaries As much as it normally would I love Corey Davis in a sneaky shootout In Lucas Oil Field, Fast Track Weather Control uh, Dome There Think the Colts are going to put a ton of points on the Titans this week, so I think Davis might see about 10, 12 targets for the third straight week in a row, Uh, and he looked really good last week. So I think Corey Davis is definitely on my radar for cash, probably going to be in my cash lineup. Mari Cooper, uh, if he's singled up on the outside, Dak has the green light, and that they're just force-feeding him. When Dak sees that it's man coverage and Cooper's going one-on-one on the outside, he is just slinging the rock over there. So this week um, at $5,400, I I think it's a good bet that Cooper sees about 8 to 10 targets like he has the last two weeks again and can definitely pay off his mid-5K price tag. Cortland Sutton, up from his very cheap $3.5K price two weeks ago before the buy. Um, This week probably got in a full... Week and a half, at least, practice as the Broncos' number two. I think we could see an uptick in targets, and we could see those air yards come to fruition this week uh, with Court and Sutton at 4600 Still pretty cheap for a number two wide receiver that's going to see hopefully seven or eight targets. And then two a little bit thinner plays. Nelson Aguilar really saw an uptick in targets last week, um, despite the fact that Golden Tate is in town, and maybe that's because Tate's drawing the attention. Or kicking Aguilar out to an outside receiver is going to help his game. Not really sure, but it's something to keep an eye on. I probably won't have him in cash, but at four point one k, it's hard to ignore that he had his best game of the year last year, uh, last week, and you know, uh, in a shootout in a dome, he's worth a look if you need a four k wide receiver. And then also Willie Snead, if Robert Griffin or Joe Flacco is under center, I don't mind Sneed. If Lamar Jackson's under center, I kind of want to wait and see, take the wait and see approach with who he's going to distribute the ball to. Um, and I don't know if Willie Sneed would keep up his target pace with Lamar Jackson in the game. Then there's, um, I mean, if you really need to punt this week, Brandon LaFell. And Seth Roberts are going to be the one and two receivers for the Raiders this week. Uh, LaFell is 3,400. Roberts is 3K. So if you like, if you create this amazing cash game lineup and you have a wide receiver slot with less than 3,500 to spend, I don't mind punting at that third wide receiver slot. And I'll tell you why, because at tight end this week, I am jamming in Zach Ertz. So if you look at it this way, basically Ertz is a wide receiver. Count him as your as your wide receiver one, and count LaFell uh, or Roberts as your tight end. So if they go for four for 40 like our tight ends have been, um, then it's kind of a wash. But I think at 6,600, Zach Ertz is a smash play this week at tight end. If he was a wide receiver, if he had the WR next to his name instead of the TE, he'd probably be probably be like $8,200 on DraftKings, and it's just the fact that he is a wide receiver, or excuse me, a tight end, that he is not priced up like one, even though he basically is the Eagles' number one wide receiver. We saw it last week, over 40 DK points, tons of targets, um, and I'm sick of getting eight points, six points, David, Njoko, David Njuk- Njuko, Njoku, David Injoku. I already forgot how to say his name. That's how aggravated I am with him. David Njoku, uh, a bagel from him a couple weeks ago, aggravating as hell. Tilt my face off. Uh, Zero from the tight end this year is, it's just real. So I think paying up a tight end makes a lot of sense. If you're not paying up a tight end, Jordan Reed is pretty cheap. He's going to have that seven-point floor. Um, And then if you even want to, like, completely punt, Ricky Seals-Jones and Mark Andrews are under 3K and are probably good for about 5 or 6 DK points at a minimum this week. But definitely going to try to get Ertz in. And if you need to punt at wide receiver, kind of switch it up there. Make Ertz your wide receiver and take that third wide receiver slot and kind of throw in a 3K LaFell or Roberts Just and just look at it as that's your tight end. They're probably going to see. I mean, LaFell saw six targets last week, so I think he's in a decent spot. Um, uh, And that is contingent on Jordy Nelson and Martavis Bryant missing that game. At defense, I think the Cardinals against Derek Carr is a great spot on the road. Uh, Carr, deer in headlights. Offensive line is terrible. Tom Cable, terrible offensive line coach. Uh, Franchise in disarray. Derek Carr crying like a baby. Um... Pretty good spot for the Cardinals defense there. I also like the Redskins. They've had over 15 fantasy points in three of the last four weeks. They got smoked by the Redskins, or I'm sorry, they got smoked by the Falcons. Uh, but aside from that game, they've really looked good defensively. Uh, I could see them getting to Hopkins this week and uh, paying off their 2.7K price tag. That's going to do it. For the week eleven ride in NFL DFS podcast at Pat James DFS on Twitter. Let's talk about it if you want. Uh, all my stuff is on four for 4com I actually just started writing the main DraftKings article on four for four last week. Uh, got a little promotion which was pretty cool. Um, so I write all the draft. I write like the overview of the entire DraftKings slate, cash GPP picks. If you're not a member there, go sign up. It's awesome. Uh, And additionally, this podcast, as you heard at the beginning, is brought to you by Fanshare Sports. Love that site. Have a little write-up on there as well. Um, Great tool to see who is going overlooked and who is going to be over-owned on every slate every week. Check them out as well. Good luck in your Week 11 contests. I'll talk to you in Week 12.